You're listening to Outlandish Outcasts at outlandishoutcasts.com. Welcome to Outlandish Outcasts. I am your host, Al. With me, as always, is Desi. Yep, that's me, the smart ass over here. No way. Yep, I already ruined one of your intros. And I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumb I couldn't ass. even look at you after. Hey, I'm a smart ass, not a dumb ass. I just said that. I said better to be a smart ass than a dumb ass. Mm, maybe I am a dumb ass. Maybe. I don't know. Just call me <laughs> Mrs. Dumas. 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 Yeah. It's what, like that uh, commercial, you know? Yeah. And. Mr. Du- Dumbass and Mr. Dumbass, the name is Dumas. That was a great interview. Gotta go. <laughs> anyway, I, I think I'm going to kick things off tonight. Oh. Is that okay with you? Just, it's fine by me. Okay. That means save the best for last. Exactly why I did it. Uh-huh. So I could save the best story of the night for last. Mm. What do you got to tell me that might put you in the doghouse? <laughs> Nothing at all. Okay, just make it sure. My first story is a little gruesome. Did you want to buy something that no. was expensive? Okay, just double checking. Go mm. on, continue. <laughs> <laughs> My first story is a little gruesome, and I'd never heard about this before, and I'm kind of a, you know, I really like history, and I'm really into World War II, so I'm kind of surprised I'd never heard of this before. There's lots I it's don't pretty, know about World War II. It's a pretty big II. deal. Um, have you ever heard of Unit 731? Not numbers, no. Okay. Well, Unit 731 was a Japanese research facility located huh. in China. Oh, interesting. Um, <laughs> for uh, 40 years, this uh, research facility had uh, many horrific activities take place. They weren't trying to like make gorillas into humans and the superhuman, were they? Not exactly. Just want to make sure because I have heard of that. Um, But this uh, Unit 731 was one of the most uh, close guarded secrets of World War II. It wasn't until 1984 that Japan even acknowledged that it existed. And vile experiments in this uh, unit were conducted on uh, humans for preparation for germ warfare. Did they end up looking like scary little monsters at the end because they were starved so bad? Not, I'm I'm sure some did. Well, Um, there would have been pictures because I have seen that too, but I was pretty sure the Nazis did that. The the Nazis were famous for doing things like that. Um, But in this instance, it was Japan doing it mainly to Chinese people in China. Because okay. the, the place was actually located so in China. So they weren't making them stay awake for hours on end? Um, they were deliberately infecting them with the plague, <gasps> anthrax, cholera. Um, they estimated they took about 3,000 enemy soldiers from Russia, also some civil- a bunch of civilians from China, used them as guinea pigs uh, for some of the most horrific experiments. Uh, included vivisections without anesthesia. Oh, my God. And pressure chambers to see how much a human could take before his eyes popped out. Um, well, you can't sneeze with your <laughs> eyes open. Otherwise, your eyes pop out. So, Well, they wanted to make sure they could see that in a test. Oh, my God. Uh, this unit was set up in 1938 in uh, Japanese-occupied China uh, with the aim of developing biological weapons. Uh, it also operated a secret research and experimental school in some city, there's no way I'm going to pronounce, uh, which is right by Tokyo. <laughs> you can't attempt it. I no. want to hear it. 
No. Say it. Uh, Give me the paper. I'm going to try it. Shinjuku. Shinjuku. It's See, that wasn't bad, that actually. bad. Not too bad. Oh, my goodness. You should hear me try to pronounce things. Um, the unit was supported by Japanese universities and medical schools because they supplied the doctors and the research staff. Um, and according to reports, never, really, never officially admitted by the Japanese authorities, but the unit used uh, thousands of Chinese and other Asian civil- civilians and wartime prisoners as human guinea pigs to develop killer diseases. Um, the reason this stayed secret for so long is in 1945, Japan cut a deal with the U.S. to keep it a secret as long as they'd share everything they learned from there. Goal figure. So we made them shut it down. They literally, they, the, the Japanese military killed everybody inside that was working there, that was being experimented on there, closed up shop, burnt the place down. So there's no evidence of anything, but they did share what they learned with the uh, American military. So I kind of find that funny, though, because um, wasn't it World War II where Japan bombed us? Yes. <laughs> and then at the end, they're like, we're working together it, with it, We them weren't working together. It was on... part of their surrender. Part of their deal for surrender was... This unit seven thirty one would never be known about. How is it that we get our hands on all those dangerous things? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, this doesn't really surprise me. I guess, like you said, you even said at the beginning of the story. You know, you've heard of the Nazis doing some pretty horrific, horrific things, which they obviously did. Um, Japan wasn't much better at that point in time. You know, Japan is the one. You know, is the the country from world war ii that did attack us and brought us into the war it's just uh some nasty stuff that's for sure it is it is well they even did like like psychological studies back in the day they used to do things on humans and it was it was ethical back Mm -hmm. then and and then ever since like the 70s late 70s they started going you know (laughs) <laughs> yeah. This could have some serious and damaging long-term effects on people. The the deal that the US cut them to, you know, kind of keep them quiet as long as they'd share information, it's not much difference in the deal we cut the Nazi scientists that ended up getting us to the moon. You know, <laughs> like we Nazi scientists, we didn't put them on trial. We brought them over here and we, you know, made them work for us and it's it's, it's how we got to the moon. But yeah, crazy, crazy. Unit 731. I'd never heard about it. And I'm, it was, I just thought it was really interesting. I, I never heard of that. I heard of a lot of strange I, things from I, World War II with I'm the defini- Nazis. I'm but... definitely more um, educated on the Nazi and, you know, European portion of World War II than I am. Um, I know a little bit. With the Japanese side of it. Japan and stuff, but not a lot. Yeah. Because I remember when I was younger going... Wait, World War II started with Japan bombing Hawaii. <laughs> well, that's how we got in. Not how the war started, but, but how we got in. Well, I know. Mm-hmm. But then it's like all this other stuff's going on, and it's like how, yep. how, how? That made no sense to me. So. I can't imagine the whole world going to war now. It would be Really? Crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I can imagine war. Obviously, we've been at war for the last you know, 18, 19 years, but... I can't imagine, you know, a bunch of countries getting together and then a bunch of countries going against it. Because, I mean, you had the access and the allies. You had, it was either half the world was on one side, the other half was on the other. History is there. So people 
can learn about it to try to help history from repeating oh, itself. However, from a psychological point of view here, going to school for that, mm-hmm. what's the number one thing that drives a human being? I don't know. Fear. Fear. Yeah, that makes sense. You scare somebody, that's that's where a lot of stuff, people will try to scare you. That way, it's a form of manipulation oh, to yeah. get you to do what they want. They sure. will even tell you lies and make it extreme to... For sure. It's fear. Fear drives people. Yep. Yeah. Well, that is my story from Unit 731. I love World War II. It can be so interesting and so sad. Yes. So, okay. So I guess mine kind of doesn't go on the up and up with that. It kind of sits there with it. Okay. So, and I'm sure everybody's heard about this. Um... Well, at least people are our age or older. The oh, 19. We're old. Yep. No, you are <laughs> old. <laughs> I'm only 23. Funny. No, I'm only 23. Your son's going to be so, 21 this hey, year. Hey, hey, don't go there. Don't go there. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's just say nobody knows I have an older son. I have an eight and a 10 year old. 23. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Okay. So. The 1986 Lake Nyos catastrophe in Cameroon. No? It's not ringing a bell. Okay. This will. Doesn't mean I don't can know almost guarantee it. On the morning of August 22nd of 1986, people living in settlements surrounding Lake Nyros in uh, Cameroon, which is in Africa, woke up to a grisly sight. During the night, some 1,700 people and over 3,500 livestock asphyxiated within just minutes. Only a handful of people managed to survive, surrounded um, everywhere by the bodies of animals and loved ones. So how these handful of people survived is kind of crazy. I don't know this at all. Not even insects. Really? No. Wow, I've heard of this a few times. I was even like, do I want to do this? Everybody's heard of this. That's okay. I cover things everybody's heard of. And sometimes I don't even know it. Okay, so not even insects managed to survive this, though. Um, Described as one of the most gut-wrenching natural events in record history. 1986, Lake Nairo's catastrophe is still not fully understood, even though it happened over 30 years ago. So... Could you imagine waking up and everything, everything around you is dead? No. No, I couldn't either. I would feel like I was in some uh, horror flick well, or yeah. of some sort. But there's no blood. There's nothing. Just people look like they hit and- the ground or they were sleeping. <laughs> and so like some people in these people survive. Yep. So. God, what would that like? <laughs> so effects on a survivor. I got this quote. From Wikipedia, one survivor, Joseph Nicowin, I'm probably saying that wrong, I'm sorry, from Sunburn, described himself when he woke up after the gases had struck. Um, I could not speak. I became unconscious. I could not open my mouth because I smelt something terrible. I heard my daughter snoring in a terrible way, very abnormal. When er, When crossing to my daughter's bed, I collapsed and fell. I was there till nine o'clock in the in the morning um, until a friend of mine came and knocked on my door. I was surprised to see that my trousers were red. Um, 
had some stains like honey and saw some sticky mess on my body. My arms had some wounds. I didn't really know how I got these wounds. I opened the door. I wanted to speak. My breath would not come out. My daughter was already dead. I went into my daughter's bed thinking that she was still sleeping. I slept till like 4.30 p.m. in the afternoon on Friday. Then I managed to go over to the neighbor's house. They were all dead. I decided to leave because most of my family was in Wom. I'm assuming the town. I got on my motorcycle. A friend whose father had died left me with... Um, had died left with me for Wom. As I rode through Nios, I didn't see any sign of any living thing. When I got to Wom, I was unable to walk, even to talk, and my body was completely weak. Holy cow. So, more or less, it was the lake that is by this town uh-huh. is actually covering the opening of a volcano. Okay. So gases had came out. It seeped out of the, it came out of there. So, um, that's just insane. So what the scientists had tried to, what they tried to do, because everybody who all survivors, which there wasn't very many, Mm -hmm. um, they cannot live there. We're not able to go back because Mm -hmm. of this. Oh yeah. Um, after Lake Nios bursted, an international team began discussing ways to degas both lakes and avert future disasters. They talked about bombing the lake to blow out the gases, but scientists worried a bomb um, would also blow out one of the lake's walls because it, it's yeah. in like a crater type looking. I can, I can see that causing more problems than. And it would be causing an enormous flood, which would be a disaster in its own right. Yep. So, and then in. Um, November of 1986, a French scientist proposed a pipe. The pipe idea won out because it's simple, there's not much risk associated with it, and it would eliminate the gas in a controlled fashion. So the first pipe went into the lake in 2001. Okay. And the French engineering team sunk it, sunk a six-inch plastic tube, 666 feet, um, into the lake until it reached the gas layer. After froth shot out like a champagne um, from an uncorked bottle, but mm. this time it wasn't a deadly surprise. So that was a plus. Yeah, definitely. Um, but they did end up putting a total of three pipes into the lake and it degassed at about 80%. So it's, I guess, at safe levels, but it doesn't sound like the people have been able to move back still to this day. Wow. So I wonder so, I wonder if the people who did survive, if they had any, I mean, other than the obvious psychological effects, but any long-term health effects from... It didn't sound like this. it. It this didn't sound a, like it at all. Um, it's crazy how some people, most of the people obviously, it affected to the wanna, point that they died. And <laughs> some people want to move back because now the ground is even yeah, extremely fertile home, there you know? too. Yeah. And the grass is fertile and rich because oh, yeah. nobody's been able to plant anything there for a while. Yeah. That, you know, <laughs> but you're, this, in, you're in Africa. There's, you know, anything you can do to try to find fertile, fertile soil to plant in and. Most definitely. And this ends with, so the next time you smell a sulfurous gas in your local lake turn, as your local lake turns over, think of it as a lake exhale or exhaling. Mm-hmm. And be thankful it's not a burp. 
<laughs> so that is crazy. That is crazy. So glad I never, never had to deal with anything like that. Well, but, you probably wouldn't even know because you were sleeping well, and you went and to woke up. Went to woke up, I guess. Yeah. It's the best wow. way to go in my mind. Well, yeah, that's definitely how I'd want to go, but just not. I'd like to live a full life and <laughs> not be killed by some gas coming out of the lake. Hey, if you believe in reincarnation, you'd still have a full life. You could. You could. Definitely. It's possible. Cool. That is really a cool story. Um, my next story, uh, kind of, I was going to say it kind of is sort of like that, but it's nothing like that. So I don't know where I was going with that. I have, but I have no idea. You used I'm to drink, here. you used to drink a lot of energy drinks, right? Used to. I'm that's pretty sure that's part of what caused half that's of my health to. issues. Okay. I, I, I enjoy an energy drink a couple times a year, whatever. Sometimes I'll Never still really have been a monster. Big on it. I'm so bad. But in the 1920s, energy drinks actually contained radioactive energy. <laughs> what? Yeah. 1920s. <laughs> not during my time. No, not during. Thank God. Not during your time. But what? For one, I'm just shocked to hear there were energy drinks back then. That's what they were sold as. They were um I'm just shocked to hear in the 1920s they had energy drinks. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not saying they were calling them energy drinks, but they advertised these drinks as to increase your energy, to like give you a, bo- give you a boost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um the uh, active ingredient in this, these drinks was radium. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, oh, which is a radioactive element that releases a packet of radiant energy with every atomic de- with with every atomic decay. <laughs> they should have um, just put uranium in with it too. Like, <laughs> I find yeah. it funny how it was radiant. The uh, the connection between consuming a radioactive element and reaping perceived energy boost is tenuous at best. Uh, they're not sure if it actually gave people any extra energy or not. But it didn't stop people in the you know 19, early 1900s from ignoring the known downsides of ingesting radioactivity and risking long-term health consequences. Um, one of the most popular products on the market at the time was called Radithor. That sounds just bad, like it's rat poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> this, this energy drink was simply uh, radium-dissolved water. It was sold in the 1920s in one-ounce bottles, costing about a dollar. So that'd be about $15 in, uh, in today's money. Um, its manufacturer claimed that the drink not only provided energy, but it also cured a host of ailments, including impotence. So huh. there you go. Take some, take some radioactive... Uh, I'll get you going. Yeah. Oop, just kidding. <laughs> um, Radthor's most famous customer was Eben Byers, a Pittsburgh industrialist and amateur golfer. Um, Byers first be- became antiquated with uh, Radithor when he took it to help heal a broken arm. Although the product contained no narcotics at all, Byers became uh, at least psychologically, if not physiologically, addicted to it. Uh, he continued to consume, consume large amounts of Radithor even after his arm had healed and he reportedly downed a bottle or two daily for over three years. Uh, in the end, uh, Byers' uh, Radithor addiction did uh, kill him. He ingested... Uh, I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> overdosed on uh, on radium. Uh, and it uh, uh, The radium uh, got incorporated into his bones. And over I time, wonder if it's that drink that made him realize we can't do a, a lot of x-rays on somebody and MRIs be. and it stuff be. because too much... 
will kill you. It, it very well could be. I just thought it's you like know, mercury. You, th- you think a lot. You can you know you see a lot of stories from history and stuff about the stuff they sold in pharmacies. You know, basically, you know, heroin basically being sold. <laughs> Give to your cure kids ailments, brandy. You know? Just rub it on their gums. It'll yeah. knock them right out. They won't feel a thing. M- morphine and over the counter cough syrup, and people took it all the time time cocaine in coca-cola you know okay i was born in the wrong era i think but this just is, kidding I, <laughs> that sounded bad out of all the things i'd be like well that'd be interesting to, to live in a life where those were uh were around i am glad i never got to experience radioactive energy drinks because i would have been tired one day and be like oh you know try i would some have done Rathor it and see how that works can you buy me a five-hour energy that's more <laughs> b12 than any other bad chemical that's in those things compared to energy drinks because that's my whole justification for being able yeah. to take a five-hour even though i know there's bad chemicals they're in it gross though Ugh. i know they're gross but it's a small little shot like taking a shot of whiskey Ugh, I'd, I'd rather, rather throw take up. a shot of whiskey <laughs> no uh-uh i'd rather do tequila I forget suppose. the whiskey disgusting i suppose well we won't be going down to the local local convenience store for Radathor anytime soon. Thank God. That's like no more chemicals my body needs. No more. So, okay. So my next story, I guess could kind of feed off of yours for repairing things. Okay. Okay. That was totally twisting things for me. Not for you though. <laughs> so... Three types of fetal cells can merge into maternal organs during pregnancy. Some mothers literally carry pieces of their children in their bodies. Really? How sweet. Mm -hmm. So a pregnant woman's bloodstream contains not only her own cells, but a number, small number of her child's as well. And some of them remain in her internal organs long after the baby is born. So this is more or less if a mom has something going wrong internally while they're pregnant, Okay, a baby will give off their stem cells to help repair it. Interesting. So uh, I'm kind of not reading off the story. It was my gist of what I, mm-hmm. everything I had read. Yeah. So this is just one story I'm reading out of the three I pulled for mm-hmm. this. Um, so there are three types of fetal cells that have now been identified in the lungs of a late-term pregnant mice um, by a team led by Dr. Diane Bianich of Tuff Medical Center. Okay. Um, they found trioplast, which is placental cells that provide nutrients to the fetus. And then there's the mesen chymal stem cells, um, cells that later develop into fat, cartilage, or bone cells, and then the immune system cells. Hmm. So those are the three. Um, Researchers suspect that fetal cells in the mother's bloodstream help her immune system tolerate and not attack the fetus. The detection of the trifoblast and immune cells in the maternal lung should aid um, future studies in this subject, as well as research into pregnancies related complications like proclemsia, the presence of fetal mesochymal, that's the one word I can't really say, stem cells correspond with previous studies that reported fetal and placental cells differentiating in or to repair injured maternal organs in both mice and humans. Hmm. 
That's really cool. I thought so myself. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, I guess, you know, kind of the... Because it's working as one system. Yeah. And the amount of things that science has discovered the stem cell is good for, <laughs> you know, Saved is kind of crazy. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, during pregnancy that those, those cells would be able to help, help the mother. Doesn't surprise me either That's at cool. all. That's cool. I find it funny they were able to identify those cells. Yeah, it is. That is very interesting. So, Definitely. That is cool. It's, I mean, just wait. Soon they're going to be, you know, oh, you have this ailment. Okay, here's how you fix it. You just got to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a female. Yes. If you're a male, yeah, you're screwed. You're screwed. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Just get your girlfriend pregnant, wife pregnant, significant other pregnant. Yeah. Find a close friend if you don't have someone yeah. to get pregnant. Someone. <laughs> Somebody out there, anyone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was really cool, though. I really like that story. Me too. My last one is going to be short. Ooh, I like short. And I needed, uh, as soon as I heard about this, Okay, not as soon as I heard about it. It was actually like an hour later because I couldn't do it as soon as I learned about it, heard about it. Because if I would have, I would have got up in the middle of a family activity and everybody would be like, where are you going? <laughs> so I had to wait till the family activity was This was, was on over. You Don't Know Jack, wasn't it? This was off of You Don't Know Jack. Oh yeah. my God. Bring it. And I had to look it up because it was like, no way, that cannot be true. There is no way that there is really a cookbook a Japanese cookbook that specializes in recipes using condoms. <laughs> oh my God, I remember that. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh God, I got to find that out and I got to talk about it on the podcast because this is going to be cool, right? You that know, doesn't it's... make any sense whatsoever. Like, okay, go well, for it. it now, Gross. the condoms are not used as food, obviously. They're is it used to help as, shape the food? They are used as a cooking utensil. They are so used you stuff to, it. So you're stuffing. Yes, exactly. Okay, that makes more sense then. Now, this cookbook, this, this cookbook after. does <laughs> contain 11 utterly d- delicious re- recipes, according to the cookbook, of course. Only 11? So it's like meatloaf in there? Um, oh, wait, we're talking Japan. Yeah, this, this is Japan. Is tuna loaf in there? <laughs> I'm not sure because I didn't buy the book. Um, there is definitely boil in the condom rice. I was going to say there has to be rice if this is Japan because they uh, have the, rice patties everywhere. It also has uh, condom escargot. Ew, nobody wants to eat snail. And I'm shocked that Japan says escargot because mm-hmm. that's a French word. It is, it is. Um, condom cookies. And my favorite, condom meat stuffing. Where the <laughs> hell did this... What the... <laughs> Thank God it wasn't meat stuff cheese. Now, this all sounds really cheese. ridiculous, but Ugh. this book actually has a serious side. Oh, oh. Is the this reason, to help save on plastic? The reason meat? the book was written is because Japanese men are the third worst in the world for using condoms, and the book was created to help promote safe sex and demonstrate the durability of a condom. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm bringing those, I'm buying a ton book. of those books and I'm bringing them to the high school. That, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? <laughs> I thought, you know, 
I'd cook something in a condom. I oh mean, my god! As long as it's not a lubricated condom, it's just a piece just of rubber. You're cooking I, something. No, in. I am allergic to latex, so make sure it's latex free. Okay, do like some rawhide it's thing disgusting. or whatever. <laughs> anyway, there is a Japanese cookbook that specializes in condoms, and we are not using it for dinner. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Uh. Rip state straight from the Jackbox Party Pack. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of the game. Thanks, was that fact Jack's or fiction box. game or whatever? Um, Bitobots? No, no, that's Bitobots. I no. totally said that wrong. Even I don't, the, well, I don't remember the which game quick, it was, but the quick, the quick starts with Q. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. It's not that. Yes, one it does. Either. Yes, it does. Yes, no. it does. It's not. Does too. <laughs> okay, so anyways. Moving even, on. Even though I'm right. Um, the marble. Oh, this one I'm so excited about. I just want to say because originally I was like looking for a travel spot. Okay. This became a history on top of it travel spot. So this is like up both of our alleys. But right now I don't know if it would be a good time to travel there but okay i love greek mythology and i don't know how many other people do too so the marble stairs of heaven on earth and i'm gonna say this town wrong in turkey pamukali 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 turkey um, also known as the Cotton Castle, is one of the rarest and most exciting natural miracles on Earth, which you shouldn't miss. This is off their website, um, up Turkey put up, and trying to promote people to come see, of course. So, mm-hmm. so you shouldn't miss it, according to them. But looking at this, you shouldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> so... The Travertines is the natural spring waters that are used for natural healing pools and served as a spa center from ancient times to now. So the springs are really warm. Okay. Um. So I'm just going to kind of run through the springs quick and then I'll run through the rest of why else you should go there too. But this is like the highlight of what drew me to this. Okay. Um. The stunning white calcium pools... Um, which cling to the side of a ridge have um, have long been one of the most famous pictured postcards views of Turkey. Pamukali, I'm so saying that wrong, literally meaning Cotton Castle, is also the site of the ancient city of Heropolis. Heropolis. Okay. Hera. Hera was Zeus's wife, yeah. right? So yeah. Heraopolis. I'm, okay. I'm assuming I'm saying that right. I think so. Um, of which there are many interesting ruins and very popular destinations for a historical visit. So um, the city it was formed when a spring with a high content of dissolved calcium biocarbonate um, cascaded over the edge of the cliff which cooled and hardened, leaving calcium deposits, and this formed into natural pools, shelves, and ridges, which tourists could plunge and splash in the warm water. And I'll definitely post a picture on mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, because this is definitely, it It looks unrealistic. That looks it really cool. It doesn't look Real. It reminds me of snow it and does. ice. I was say, this looks like it's in it's the calcium. Arctic. That's it's crazy. calcium. Um, 
so and then the pool waters are cool hmm. or warm warm yeah. or warm so in the winter they say the best time to go is spring fall area okay. yeah. time for them because in the summer it's extremely hot because of mm. the water being hot and in the winter there is water flowing all over the place and you do have to walk around barefoot to try to help preserve this mm -hmm. so it doesn't get dirty um is cold until you get into it so okay. and you have to take your shoes off when touring this okay so definitely do research before you travel yeah. here but the other things that they have here because this is the city of mm -hmm. of hair uh, Heropolis. Mm -hmm. I can't even say it. Heropolis. <laughs> um, they have the museum there um, to kind of... Well, it's an old Roman baths, one of the largest structures in the Heropolis, which has been... Um, well, it's just been there since the Greek gods, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, the ancient city of Heropolis is included in your ticket price. Which is twenty lira, which is about three dollars and forty three cents in U.S. dollars. What a bargain! And this is known as the Holy Silly, Holy the City. Holy Silly, <laughs> Holy City. So, according to a bunch of literature yeah. books, so huh. um, a few other things they have there. Um, they have these doors where it kind of separates. Uh, has two sections from one end to the other. Um, there's lots. There's a list of stuff. Um, the Paulian Temple. This is another museum. It's constructed on the Plinium Spring and dedicated to Pluto, the god of the underworld. It still gives off deadly poisonous gases. Mm. And in front of the temple, a grate has been installed over the underground entrance to the spring to prevent inquisitive visitors from going inside but this this is where this is a site of an ancient religious cave where apollo met the mother goddess of cybele a sorceress or a source and source the i can't even talk site of the ancient religious cave where apollo met the mother goddess of cybele and sources suggest that she descended into the cave without being affected by the toxic fumes that this cave gives off. And I'm mm. assuming the toxic fumes is kind of where the whole calcium thing comes yeah. in too. So, but it said that because you can't live in the cave. If you go in there, you're going to die. Mm -hmm. It's toxic. But people did go in, like higher ranking people would go into this cave okay. and come out. And if they came out, they were God because you managed to live yep, yeah. without the toxic. Huh. So that's kind of cool. I mean, there's lots of stuff to see in this town. It just kind of floored me that I've never even thought yeah, of it. I've never heard of it. But any they of this have before. a Roman theater, um, a temple of Zeus. I mean, there's hmm. there's like a list of stuff here to like see. It's just this huge historical city, and it's like, what? There, there's one problem with this podcast is our bucket list is getting very expensive. <laughs> Don't worry, it's a bucket list. We'll probably die before it happens. That's true. Before we That's even true. get to it. That's true. But that is cool. I would love to go see some stuff like that. I would love That'd to see really cool. that. Like I said, that would be something that hit England, kind of hit a few things. Mm -hmm. But this is where 
we can't put stuff in our bucket list unless we absolutely yeah. know. I just, I'm like, just saying, there's a lot of cool places. To me, I'd like to that's see. a must because how many, how many of those in the world are yeah, there? Not many. That's for no, sure. no, that's for and sure. it hits Greek mythology. Yeah. So I find that pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. I would definitely go in the cave because you know what? I'd come out a god. Or I'd come out single. (laughs) No. Anyway. (laughs) No. I think that's all we've got for this week. Um, If you'd like to send us an email, got any suggestions or a question, or just want to say hi, uh, outlandishoutcasts at gmail. Or give us ideas, not just hi. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I said I said if you give us suggestions was the first thing I said. Yeah, I just heard hi. You emphasized it. Outlandishoutcasts at gmail.com. Or you can go to Facebook, Outlandish Outcast Podcast, and Instagram. Yep. Which and is Outlandish Cast. Okay. And, and the Twitter, Twitter is. Oh. Or maybe that was Outlandish Cast. Outlandish Cast is Twitter. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Instagram is something. Outlandish sure Outcast. I'm guessing if you can find one, you could probably find links to them all. <laughs> I have this feeling because I think I linked them when they were set up. Well, there you I go. Think. And I know if you go to the website, you'll definitely find a link to the Facebook page. Yes. Um, plus, you can go to the website to check out, um, you know, sample stories of all of the uh, the things we talked about today. So, go to the links, click on it. Yeah. Anyway, we will see you guys next week. Have a good week, everybody. Bye.